If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All Things Sane with Representative Jason Sane. And good Wednesday morning to you. Welcome to All Things Sane. I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. Uh, Tan rested, relaxed, and ready. Uh, now, actually, we uh, finally come to you after months and months on end of not having a state budget. On Tuesday, Governor Roy Cooper allowed, quote, unquote, allowed our budget uh, to become law. And that means that uh, for about $30 billion of, of your hard-earned dollars, uh, it'll be running this state for, for the next year. And uh, important because so many new projects are in that budget. We've talked about it over the year. Uh, so many things locally for the Lake Norman area that matter a lot. Uh, just this week on Monday was down at UNC Charlotte uh, with area legislators. I uh, formed with uh, Becky Carney, a Democrat from Raleigh uh, who serves in the House. Uh, my friend, State Senator Dave Craven, uh, a Republican uh, who is uh, also a UNC Charlotte alumni. And in the Charlotte region, his district uh, falls over a couple of counties in the Charlotte region. And as well as Senator Salvador, we formed the uh, Working Regional Caucus of Legislators. So it's a nonpartisan group. It's just people that want to do good things for our region uh, and, and contains legislators from all around. So we had a good group show up at UNC Charlotte yesterday. And a lot of what we were talking about was some of the funding for our area. Uh, but it is, a, it is great news to finally get that out of the way and make that happen and to move forward. Uh, you know, is it a budget that everyone loves? No, I don't even love it. But uh, but I do like it, and there's a lot of good things in there, uh, some better than others. But uh, I think all in all, uh, we'll be judged as it, it was a decent budget and, and certainly a, a good effort in what we wanted to do for the state and moving our state forward, continuing to move our state forward. Um, last week, I was on state lines, and uh, former Commerce Secretary and Attorney General Rufus Edmonston, who's a uh, Democrat, but a longtime friend, uh, had some great things to say about the budget. He says, look, it's the budget. It is It is what it is. It's, uh, it's not, it can't be all things to everybody, but it does a lot of good things for a lot of people. So we're very proud of that. I know that uh, Representative Jeff McNeely and as well as Senator Vicki Sawyer have been talking about it on their shows here on WSIC. And I don't want to belie the point, go through all the, the minutia, the details, but uh, it is something that is, has been a long time coming, a lot of work as the budget chairman. I look forward to just getting back into the regular swing of things, being at home a lot more. Uh, so maybe you won't see me broadcasting as often here in my legislative office. But I am here this week in, in Raleigh uh, for a couple of things. I am the vice chairman of redistricting. And as soon as we finish budgeting, we jump right into that House and Senate, both redrawing our maps, as well as the congressional maps. And so a lot of things have been going on uh, with that in regards to, to getting set up for uh, what will be the coming coming work that uh, we'll vote on in the coming weeks. Uh, the governor's also been incredibly busy with his veto pen, of course, and uh, it is what it is. We'll uh, we'll deal with that. Uh, we'll, we'll get down to business with him and uh, looks like we'll have some work to come back and do with, with that as well. But we will, uh, as we always do, uh, get get to the bottom of things. But uh, it is... Uh, it's an interesting process when you go through it. You know, folks, folks think about what's going on in Washington D.C. Um, you know, with with the the speaker there and, and some House Republicans that are not happy. Uh, but you know, when you've got divided government like they do up there, it's razor thin margins, and uh, you can't make everyone happy. But uh, unfortunately, 
a minority can hold everybody hostage. And I think that's what's been happening for over the last couple of weeks up there. Thankfully for us in North Carolina, we've got super majorities now in both houses. Uh, we haven't had to go through that. Even with a governor that doesn't exactly like the work that we uh, he couldn't complain too much and said that he would allow it to become law. And if he didn't, we're going to override him anyway. Uh, but nevertheless, we we, uh, we will proceed. But it has been an interesting, interesting uh, year. Uh, no budget year is ever the same. Uh, and nothing's ever dead at the legislature. We The things that did, uh, I guess, die for a little while, uh, casinos, uh, that discussion, uh, really was generated out of the Senate uh, initially anyway, uh, something that uh, I've been involved with, but kind of on the sidelines for that, uh, just simply because I, I'd run the sports betting language uh, prior to. Uh, but that that issue uh, will probably linger and be around for a short session, as well as video lottery terminals. And so there'll be uh, there'll be plenty for us to come back and do next year. But the good news for the state of North Carolina, for the, at least this year and next year, we do have a working budget that will become law and things will be funded. I uh, got an interesting email from a constituent the other day complaining about DMV and, and hey, partner, uh, <laughs> you find no one more more concerned about that than I. Uh, matter of fact, it was uh, language that I worked on with uh, State Representative John Torbert many, many years ago that allows you to renew your license online. And a lot of people don't realize that yet, uh, that you can, if you've got a good clean driving record, uh, you do not have to go to DMV and, and renew. Um, constituents email was writing to me about uh, getting an appointment uh, for a twin twins, his twins that were had just turned 15 and trying to get their learner's permit and having to set up appointments. And it has been a disaster trying to get that done. I'll just remind everyone listening that that is a function of the executive branch and the executive who loves to take a lot of credit for a lot of things. His name is Roy Cooper. And that office has not improved. And actually, I think has has gone down some somewhat uh, at DMV trying to get things done and get that uh, get people quickly in and out and processed and just allow them to give their money to government so that we can continue doing what we're doing. Uh, I don't know why that process has become so onerous, but uh, his complaint was a very valid one. Uh, we had to go through the same thing with our son uh, who turned 15 in June and, and just got his learner's permit. <clears throat> so I am sympathetic to that. Um, and uh, and something that we will continue to try to improve and insist upon being improved, but it's a, an executive function, unfortunately. Uh, but with a new governor, uh, hope springs eternal, and uh, we do have a lame duck governor. And so, you know, in the in the near future, we may have someone else running the show. We will definitely have someone else running the show. Uh, just a matter of what party that will be. <coughs> Excuse me, if you're like me. Uh, the fall ragweed and allergy still continues. So if you hear me cough a little bit, I don't have one of those quick buttons I can punch uh, to, to mute my cough while I'm up here at the in the Raleigh office. But uh, maybe one day we can hope. We're ordering some new equipment, too, since we, we know that we're going to do more of these. Um, again, it's always a pleasure to be on WSIC with you, to do this podcast and broadcast every week. Get a lot of great feedback. want to remind you that you can sign up for our our office, our, our e-newsletter. Uh, you can write me, jason.sain, J-A-S-O-N dot S-A-I-N-E at N-C-L-E-G dot G-O-V. So like N-C-L-E-G dot gov. Uh, just simply send an email that says, hey, I'd like to be on the newsletter. I'd like to receive that each week. We send it out. We don't send it out one time a week just so that we're not uh, annoying and irritating but it does have a lot of things a lot of uh, deeper facts a lot of uh, deeper look look into of what we talk about not just on the show but also what we do here at the legislature each week that we don't always get to talk about so uh, if you're if you're interested in that want to learn more glad to do that uh, of course we send that out also to our our area media and uh, we get a lot of good coverage on that as well um, we are we are 
as we start to wind down session, we've got these V2 overrides that are coming, but uh, we'll, we'll, those will probably take a day. Uh, some some long, uh, tough debate that we'll have to sit through. Uh, that'll that'll happen. But then also the redistricting process, which will be uh, coming to an end here in a couple of weeks. And then hopefully we get a couple of days at home, uh, get to enjoy that and uh, do a little partying at home. But we'll be back in just a moment. You've been listening to All Things Sane on WSIC as you can every week on Wednesdays. Appreciate you listening in. We'll be right back. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All things safe. Representative Jason safe. We've got fun and games. We got everything you want, honey. We know the names. We are the people that can find whatever you may need. If you got the money. Welcome back to All Things Sane here on WSIC. I am your host, State Representative Jason Sane. I represent Lincoln County and work in the region uh, with my business and, of course, get to visit every round, everyone around the Lake Norman area. Uh, so, you know, we all kind of pitch in and help. Got great teammates uh, in, in Iredell and in Mecklenburg and, of course, in Lincoln. Uh, we really appreciate you listening into our shows. I think it's pretty unique what WSIC is doing, uh, allowing state officials like ourselves, local officials, uh, to go back and forth, have that dialogue so that you can learn about what's going on. People can't say they're not informed, uh, or at least they don't have a place to be informed. Uh, we do have a, a pretty big shtick here from a broadcast, but also the podcast. Uh, I did uh, last week as we had a big announcement here in in Raleigh. Uh, it was a neat, neat little thing that we did. We had uh, the streets blocked off in front of the legislative building. We had one of the old uh, moonshine cars, the, the, the old uh, stock cars that used to uh, uh, move the moonshine down the mountains from the, the greater Wilkesboro and other surrounding areas uh, all across the way as uh, entrepreneurs were doing their things, uh, maybe not within the law. But uh, which is how NASCAR got started. If you're if you're new to the area, didn't follow NASCAR, uh, you will you should dig into that because there's uh, some great uh, stories. I think some are even true about how uh, NASCAR got started. But uh, we also had the pace car uh, from the, uh, the the car itself actually had Texas plates on it, which I found to be kind of funny as I looked at the back of it. They, I didn't want me telling you that, but it's from the All-Star Race. Uh, and the cars had been marked up because they, the All-Star Race, we had lost the All-Star Race from Charlotte to Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, and we got it back. We got it back last year, what we thought might be a one-time deal, a one-off. But uh, turns out with some, some good budgeting, uh, we, we put uh, $4 million as an incentive. Uh, into into our budget to to get that race back to North Carolina, and you may say, well, if you're not a NASCAR fan, and and you go, well, why are we spending that kind of money on professional sports? Uh, that's really not appropriate. Well, the reality is this: uh, with that four million dollar investment, we'll probably uh, end up taking into the state about fifty million dollars, fifty million dollars that you don't have to pay in, in in taxes and revenue if you don't want to. You don't have to come to the race, uh, but a lot of other folks want to, and they're coming from far and wide. 
uh, to see that race. And it's a unique experience if you've not been uh, to a race at Wilkesboro, at the newly refurbished Wilkesboro Speedway. It is a throwback to times of old uh, for when I first started watching NASCAR as a kid. Uh, and then fast forwarding into today with some, some modern upgrades and some things that, that happened because we were able to take some of the rescue plan money that came down from the federal government, reinvest in that asset that sits here in our state. And we will see big returns on that each time there's a, a, a big, uh, not just national, but international race like the like the all-star race. So that's coming to, to North Wilkesboro. Again, we'll see probably, uh, you know, somewhere around 50 million, the best guesstimate of economic impact to our state. Uh, hotels uh, certainly love when, when, when those things happen. Uh, restaurants certainly love when those things happen. And those who are employed by those entities love when those things are happening. They stay a while, they spend some money, and then, of course, it'll tie into the, to the race, uh, to, to the Charlotte race as well, and make that a week-long affair of people staying in and around North Carolina uh, for the purposes of watching racing. Uh, coming up this weekend, we've got the Roval, which is, I you know, I always love, uh, the NASCAR folks, because they, they and particularly Marcus Smith there with the Speedway, uh, his dad, of course, was a, a, a brilliant promoter, and uh, Marcus is no different. He's got a great team around him. But finding ways to get people interested in racing and finding great ways to advertise our region, uh, to have people looking at us for a full, solid week of, of what's going on in the Charlotte region, I think it's just one of the biggest things that, that we could be doing to self-promote uh, our area, uh, we take a lot of pride in it. Uh, the race is a lot of fun. If you've not been to the Roval, uh, what they do is they take that 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 oval track and turn it into a road course. And so they go in and out of the infield. Uh, they totally redesigned the thing for the race. It's fun to watch. There's uh, uh, if you like road racing and and if you or if you've never watched it, uh, you should absolutely come out and see it. Watch it on television if you can't come out. Uh, I hope the weather's great. Usually those mid-October races are, are just about dialed up perfect, in my opinion, uh, because it's not too hot. It's not too cold. The only thing we have to dodge is rain. So fingers crossed as we get into the weekend, we'll be able to have that race on Sunday. But looking forward to that, that'll be a lot of fun uh, to see. And, again, the economic impact for our state is just tremendous. And it was just a, a good job everybody. We had, of course, had to do what politicians do. We had to uh, you know, take credit for, for uh, private enterprise, actually putting forth the work, even with a little assistance from us. But uh, uh, they were very happy to celebrate. We had the president of NASCAR here, uh, as well as Marcus Smith from Charlotte Motor Speedway and a lot of other NASCAR executives that were here uh, to really just thank us for, for all the work that the legislature has done. Um, the governor's also been on board on this. This is one of the few times when we totally agree. Uh, he's a he's a NASCAR fan as well, uh, and he was at the race uh, at, at North Wilkesboro, as, as was I, uh, not that long ago, a couple of months back. Uh, and so looking forward uh, to to this weekend and seeing what happens as, as NASCAR continues a longstanding tradition uh, here in the Carolinas. I started uh, NASCAR, watching NASCAR, being interested in NASCAR, because on Saturdays, uh, I told you, Marcus Smith's dad uh, was a great promoter, and he would make sure that all the Boy Scouts in the area could could come in and watch a race on a Saturday, as long as their scout leaders brought them and they wore their scout uniform. You didn't even have to buy a ticket. You could just walk right in. And it was a great way to build a fan base. And I know uh, me and a lot of other young men uh, really enjoyed going to the racetrack and seeing that. I remember the first time I ever took my wife to the racetrack. Um, we were dating at, at uh, UNC Charlotte. She had never seen a NASCAR race in her life. Uh, certainly was a big football fan, basketball, other things, but she just thought NASCAR was just a little too Southern for her. Maybe I mean, she might've used the term redneck at the time. 
course, she's been incredibly educated since then. Uh, I just pick on her a little bit. No, she she actually just she didn't have any interest in these cars. And she thought, well, you know, not my thing. I took her to her first qualifying uh, at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and the first car goes around, and she, her eyes just kind of pop out like, oh, my goodness, that's loud. That's awesome. And getting to watch it. And I said, honey, that's just one car. Wait till you see 43 of them out there on, on the track. Uh, she instantly became an NASCAR fan. Uh, we've been to more races than we can count now. It's just good, good, you know, clean fun. It's, uh, you can take a family to it. Um, it's, it's still, believe it or not, to this day, relatively inexpensive compared to other sporting events. So, um, you know, the price of the ticket's not too much, uh, depending on what you do on food is up to you, but uh, uh, it can be a lot of fun and we do have a lot of fun. Uh, but that's big news for North Carolina uh, with, with what we're able to do. And as far as the investment, uh, of course, sports betting has been a, been a big uh, topic for our athletes and, and for our, uh, sports in North Carolina. Uh, as that comes to fruition in January, I keep getting asked, uh, from people, when can I when can I bet on a race? When can I bet on a football game? Not till January, legally. Uh, although we know that other folks are doing it uh, already anyway. That's how the bill started. How we how we made that law because we knew it's already happening. But but uh, as we get into the fall sports and and we're full on into a month now of college football and it has been one wild ride. Uh, this past weekend, I was able to take the family. Uh, we went down with UNC Charlotte uh, to to uh, to Dallas, Texas, to SMU. And got to watch uh, a great game, uh, although we come up short. Uh, the UNC Charlotte came up short. We didn't get the win, but uh, we were able to be with the team. And a lot of the a lot of those young men are are, are great to work with. Uh, super super nice people, uh, and great athletes. And uh, and and really went toe to toe with SMU uh, for a good portion of the game. Just couldn't quite get the offense clicking. And uh, but uh, sat down with Coach Poji on Monday on campus, and uh, we were visiting with him just for a little bit. Had uh, Jeffrey Elmore with me, State Representative Jeffrey Elmore, who's running for Lieutenant Governor. Uh, we were, like I say, we were on campus for for a, for a, a regional caucus event, but uh, we stuck over to the to the uh, football coach's office, sat down and, and kind of recapped the game with him. And uh, they, they know they've got things to work on. They're a young program, they are rebuilding. Uh, but that's, that's no excuse, as he'll tell you. Uh, and he's looking for that, that first conference win. Started conference play with SMU. SMU, a big school that is going to the ACC next year. And I can tell you, they're ready. After walking around at their tailgate, we wanted to see what that was like. Uh, and we walked around for a bit, just you know, kind of scoping it out. Um, and let me tell you, that is a big affair there in Texas. And uh, as we were at the game, the coin toss uh, was delivered by no, none other than uh, uh, George W. Bush. Uh, the, the former president was there to, to, to one, be honored, uh, but two, to do the honorary, uh, you know, coin flip. And, uh, and so that was neat. Uh, didn't get to talk to him, but did uh, get to see him uh, coming in and leaving. It was pretty close to him. And, of course, he was waving to everybody that was around. That was neat to be just a part of that. Our son's 15, and, and uh, he thought that was pretty special. And it was pretty special. And it wasn't too hot in Texas. I mean, it was warm, but it wasn't too hot. Um, we just watched the uh, Colorado game prior to watching Deion Sanders uh, and his team there. Uh, they did they didn't get the win either, but have been. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of bandwagon fans. I, I don't know if I'd call myself a fan, but but I am a fan of watching and just to see what would happen and uh, how how uh, Coach Sanders uh, manages the the chaos that is football. And it's interesting to see. And they almost came back, almost got the win. 
uh, with, uh, uh, I think it was Baylor that they were playing on Saturday, if I remember correctly, slept since then. But what a, what an interesting game and fun. I, it, it seems like uh, college sports has gotten back to fun again, uh, which I love. And uh, really, we're, we're fans at our house, obviously. You've, you've listened to the show. You know that. But we, we really enjoy it and, uh, and, and love, love being uh, there in Dallas. We had to, I flew in from Washington, D.C., had a cybersecurity updated meeting with other state legislators on Friday. And uh, my wife and, and son flew out from Charlotte Airport. And uh, we rendezvoused in, in Dallas, Texas and got to watch the game. One, I think one of the coolest parts for us, though, is, as a dad, I got to be on the sidelines uh, before the game and just playing catch with my son. Uh, we'd snag one of the balls from one of the one of the players, one of the practice balls, and uh, just going back and forth and throwing. And, and one of our friends was up in the stands and got some video of that. That's just kind of fun to have as as a dad. Uh, a memory that uh, hopefully my son will will take away with him some for years to come and think about. You're listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. Uh, we really appreciate you being with us. Remember, you can find us on the podcast. You can find the newsletter. You can write me for that. Uh, I'm glad to do that for you as well. And I uh, really appreciate the listenership and the feedback that we get each week. Uh, we enjoy doing this show and, and glad that you're listening. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. Sane with Representative Jason Sane. And welcome back to All Things Sane. I am your host, State Representative Jason Sane of Lincoln County. Uh, glad to be with you here on WSIC, or if you're listening on the podcast or watching on the podcast, maybe after the show is broadcast, glad to have you joining us. Uh, it is, uh, it's it's fun to be able to do this, and again, uh, lots of gratitude for you all listening. I, I get a lot of feedback each week uh, from email, from phone calls, and really do appreciate it. Uh, like like you can't believe this is this this medium has been a great way to to really elicit the kind of feedback. Uh, that you want from constituents. They, they like being able to be informed, learning more about what happens in state government. Uh, I know, look, I, I live in the real world. It's not something that you should be thinking about all the time, but it does matter. The decisions we make uh, do impact your lives. I always love going to uh, elementary schools and talking to kids because, you know, I get invited by the teachers or the principal and and, uh, uh, and I love doing it because they have one uh no, no, no nice questions, just whatever pops into their head, they, they ask. Sometimes it's even relevant, which is uh, even more awesome. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and really, though, get to get, you know, real questions and, and get to be in the district and do those things. Now that we've got that state budget finished, uh, it is great to be back uh, at home uh, more. Uh, this week, I am broadcasting from Raleigh. We had to come up for a couple of days' work on redistricting. We are doing that. I'm the vice chairman of that in the House. Uh, the Senate has their own version, and then we uh, work together on doing the congressional drawings as well. Uh, you know, for for several decades now, uh, we've had nothing but lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, uh, causing and forcing us to you know multiple times over redraw the districts. Uh, so we're we're coming back to do that after uh, a couple of other court settlements that that came out where the uh, uh, courts have finally uh, given one way or another as far as guidance uh, into that process. So we'll we'll be doing that. Last week, uh, we, we sat and took public feedback, uh, multiple locations across the state, 
Uh, it really is kind of a Super Bowl for the activists. Um, I, I would say that most uh, who show up uh, usually kind of have talking points on both sides. Uh, and that's that's part of the process, as the case may be. And, and you, you do get some some interesting commentary, uh, again, from both sides. Uh, and, and so it's fun to either uh, sit through that or, or to, to sit and watch. Uh, since we do broadcast them live, sometimes I, I take those uh, while in my office uh, working on paperwork and uh, responding to emails and different things. Uh, as we came in, we had uh, uh, Insane in the Membrane. Uh, don't you know I'm loco? Uh, speaking of loco, uh, news out of Asheville, uh, which is always local, Buncombe County. Uh, Buncombe County has a resolution now following a mediated settlement conference. Uh, they reached a tentative resolution with disgraced former county manager Wanda Green. Court documents confirm the Buncombe County Board of Commissioners will need to agree to the settlement before it's finalized. Buncombe County accused Green, who pled guilty in 2019 in federal court to multiple counts of fraud, uh, transferring assets uh, to two of her family members to avoid paying a $419,000 debt owed to the county in a separate lawsuit. The county alleged that Green sent money to her son, Michael Green, and daughter-in-law, Selena Green, to hinder, delay, and defraud Buncombe County and other creditors. The suit was initially filed July 5th, 2022. Buncombe County Commission Chair Brownie Newman told the Citizen Times that he anticipates commissioners will be briefed on the matter during a closed session and um, depending on today and and depending on, uh, or I'm sorry, maybe tomorrow. uh, No, that's today. Um, No. Yep. Up to, I, I can't can't get my dates right. You know, I always get that when uh, when the month flips over uh, to a new month. It takes me a couple of days to get settled. But anyway, depending on the results of that meeting, commissioners will brief the public on the matter uh, later. Uh, interesting, always in Buncombe County, never a dull moment. Uh, as as I tell friends, we we do have San Francisco of the East, and we call it Asheville. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, lots lots going on. We were talking about passing of the budget uh, that has happened. And uh, or has passed, but uh, also on Tuesday became law for North Carolina, which is long time coming. Other things that we consider this session that uh, are still alive, by the way, if you're not if you're not familiar with the legislative process, so we have a two year process. So this year has been what we call the long session, and boy, has it been really long. Um, it has been way too long. But this year's a long process, a long year. Next year will be the short year. We go into session on short. During the short session, usually about uh, middle of April, uh, what happens there, the reason for coming back in is is uh, tax return revenue comes in. So as we have extra revenue or might, may end up being short, <coughs> excuse me again, uh, you never know uh, what that may be. Um, you can have a, a good idea, but you don't know how much one way or the other that that swing may be. Uh, budgets are not an exact science. Uh, then we come back in and decide either how to spend the revenue, the additional revenue, or how to shore up things where we may have fallen short. So those those would be the considerations. But we do that every year, and then we alternate each each biennium. So every two years, uh, this year the House started first with our budget. Uh, we'll go to the short session, and then in 2025 uh, and 26, the Senate will lead on the budget process at that time. So that has been our practice. Uh, and it's uh, uh, folks who, who don't watch it regularly don't don't quite understand that. It's not something that's that's you know readily easily picked up when you just talk about budget and and the politicians in Raleigh trying to do those things. Uh, but that that is how that works. And uh, when I mentioned going to schools, I always always find it fun to see uh, one how good students paid attention, and two how well they were taught 
uh, by their teachers. Usually they're very well taught. I haven't found a class yet that didn't, didn't have enough kids that had picked up on the, on those facts. But, uh, you know, in fourth grade, they, they, uh, they still go through and, and study the state of North Carolina, how it operates, but it's fun to hear much hear how much the kids, uh, really pick up and really understand it. Um, and it's, uh, I remember my first trip to Raleigh, kind of one of the first big field trips, uh, walking through this building where I'm talking to you from now, uh, and thinking, you know, that's a really boring building. And quite frankly, if you you're just basing it on looks, it is still kind of a boring building. Uh, but there's a lot of excitement that goes on here and a lot of things that impact our state each and every year. So I know folks appreciate kind of knowing that. Uh, one of the issues that we were looking at this year, this past year, was medical marijuana. Uh, the Senate uh, had, a, had a bill that they had sent to us uh, regarding medical marijuana uh, from our rules chairman in the Senate, who's a dear friend. Uh, Senator Bill Rabin is, I think, uh, quite frankly, uh, one of the most honest people at the legislature. Uh, he doesn't dress it up. Uh, he is uh, known for his candor. Uh, if you don't like it, well, that's okay, too. Uh, he's not arrogant about it, that, by no means, but he, he doesn't play a lot of political games with just trying to dress things up. But he's had some personal experience with, with family members and, and those that he knows, um, that, he, that he knows very well, who have had uh, the need for medical marijuana, uh, dealing with uh, cancer issues and so forth. And so, uh, and it wasn't until he had dealt with it kind of personally where he, he formed his opinion on those things and, and started running the medical marijuana bill. And so, you know, like with most issues at the legislature, things don't get passed overnight. And sometimes it takes several sessions to uh, fine tune legislation to get everybody comfortable where they think that it's a good thing. Uh, I think that this issue has been no different We've talked about it before. We've seen bills before. The medical marijuana continues to kind of bubble up to the forefront. Uh, there's a bill that now sits in the House. Uh, we didn't have the votes to, to move it forward uh, this uh, long session. It may change during short session. Uh, different different things factor into that. Uh, one, educator, I mean, the uh, legislators become more educated on issues. Uh, they, they have a chance to once they get the big budget passed, they have time to think about it. Uh, but a lot of things can factor into that. So we'll see if that issue remains or if it comes back. Uh, but the Cherokee Nation has already taken it up. Uh, Cherokee Nation is yet to issue, though, medical marijuana cards. And already some North Carolina doctors won't or can't sign the necessary paperwork to buy the first batch of legal weed in the state. Uh, Linda Shetter said she was shocked when her primary care doctor, Bavard, refused to sign a form from the Eastern Band of Cherokees Indians Cannabis Control Board last week. She needs a signature to buy medical cannabis products as the soon-to-open travel dispensary uh, in the North Carolina mountains opens up. So when that happens, uh, if she has that signature on that card, she should be able to purchase. Uh, she lives in Sapphire, roughly 50 miles southeast of the dispensary set to open by December near Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. By signing the form, a doctor acknowledges that a patient has the medical conditions that they say they do and conditions that help qualify them for a cannabis card. Uh, Shedders was born with cerebral palsy and has been diagnosed and treated for anxiety, uh, peripheral uh, nephro, nephropathy. I don't you know if I can say that right. Uh, I love when, when you read these things. Restless leg syndrome and chronic pain, she said. I've heard all my life. Now I finally have an option that's not the pharmaceutical industry option, but a natural option. And during a previous visit this year, Shedders said her doctor promised to sign the form once the EBCI, that's the Eastern Band of Cherokee, uh, Cannabis Control Board made it available. Uh, when she showed up with the forum last Thursday, her doctor delivered the bad news. UNC Health Part E, the healthcare network to which his practice belongs, informed its doctors not to sign the Cherokee paperwork. Uh, 
So a lot going on there still. Uh, just when you thought things had been settled. No, wait a minute. New, new wrinkle. Uh, doctors could violate federal law by doing so. Shedder said her doctor told her if I didn't have to follow the rules, I would sign it right now. She said her physician had told her. So uh, just because something happens uh, doesn't always mean it gets implemented. And this is another case of that. So uh, and, as as I'm sure they'll work through those issues, uh, it is something that each state is, is working through, as well as the federal government, if the federal government's working at all today. But uh, nevertheless, uh, things that they continue to pop up and uh, and will be discussed for, for a long time to come, I am sure, uh, at, as we will look uh, at the... Uh, at the, at the outcomes of what happens with Cherokee. Um, but lots, lots, lots going on as far as other things statewide. We've got statewide races that are happening. Uh, we've got candidates for office. We've got um, on the next, on the 2024 ballot, we will have a, a race for, for governor. Of course, our congressional races with some newly redrawn districts. I don't know what those districts will look like yet. Uh, those are still being worked on. Uh, information is still being collected and so forth. Uh, so you'll have a lot of candidates that are be running for office in 2024. I will be one of them. Uh, we'll just put that rumor to rest that I was going to retire. Not that that was ever a rumor, but uh, someone did ask me the other day if I intended to file, and I do. You're listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. I really appreciate you listening. We'll be back in just a few moments, and appreciate you also listening to the podcast. Thank you. back to all things sane for our final segment this day this wednesday uh really appreciate you listening appreciate you uh listening into the podcast um we uh we're not taking calls today simply because i've got a little technical issue here but always do appreciate your feedback you can always write me at jason.sane at ncleg.gov that's also how you can request a newsletter again jason.sane s-a-i-n-e at ncleg.gov uh, glad to include you in that. Whether you live in the district or not, uh, we put a lot of information that uh, happens statewide uh, that might be of interest to you, particularly for our region, the Lake Norman region. Uh, you know, if you if you live in and around Lake Norman, uh, you, you're probably just like our family. Uh, it, it, their borders or, 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 or county lines don't mean a whole lot. Um, we're, we're either in dinner at, at, uh, in, in Gastonia or we could be over in Mooresville or Huntersville or Cornelius or, or downtown Charlotte. So it really doesn't matter uh, with, with everything being so accessible. Uh, even though I know we, we complain about traffic a lot if you're sitting in it. And I was after this Panthers game this past week. Uh, and I, I had an opportunity. Uh, we were at UNC Charlotte on Monday, as I, as I talked about. We had a regional caucus. So House and Senate members, both parties uh, from the area, convened just to talk about some of the issues uh, facing our region. Traffic's always a big one. But I could not help uh, but, but remind everyone that once upon a time, I could get into and out of Panther games so much easier than I have been the last couple of times. I know after that Monday night game, which a lot of people are downtown that aren't going into the stadium, so I realize that. But it took us about two two hours to get out from downtown, and uh, we a bunch of us had parked over in Mooresville um, at a at a at a uh, restaurant that uh, we had dinner prior to an early dinner, and then went down together. Uh, had paid a paid a kid to drive it so that uh, everybody was safe, and a young man could make a little money on the side too. Uh, but uh, but but uh, and he did a great job. 
but we just could not get out of downtown, uh, which was which was a bit of a, a pain, uh, especially since the next morning I had to get up and drive to Raleigh. Um, same thing happened on Sunday. My son and I went to the game, um, which there were signs of life of a good team, but you know apparently. Uh, Kirk Cousins and 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 his teammates had had a little different uh, scenario for us, unfortunately. Uh, but but the worst part was just kind of the add add insult to injury that after the game it still takes a you know good hour and a half to get out from downtown, which is which is quite painful. We were in a parking deck at Honeywell is where we parked, and and it took a long time to get out from downtown. So still things to work out, still things to get better. I know there's a lot of construction, so roads get closed off and everything else. But gosh, you wish you could just get out uh, once you've once you've gone and spent all your money, because uh, you know NFL games are cheap. Uh, when, once you've gone and done all that, then you just want to get home and, and watch the other games. And, and it just we had to listen to them on the radio, unfortunately. But uh, we did, we did have a good time. I uh, got to be with uh, a number of friends as we were down at the at the stadium, uh, and we're zero and four, just like that. Uh, it's it's tough to watch. I think. Uh, Coach Rice, great coach. Uh, we got, you know, uh, Rice Young's great player, but he's young and inexperienced in the NFL. As I had to explain to my son, because he was kind of ripping on him a little bit, I said, you know, I uh, said he's playing against players who are all at their, you know, at their A game. Uh, that's how they got into the NFL. I said, you know, it's not like playing other college teams where you, you got kids just developing their skill sets, some better than others. Uh, you get into the NFL, everybody's playing at that, at that level that uh, makes it, Tough. Uh, well, you know, we're not done with baseball season yet. I was talking with producer Bill uh, during the break uh, as as uh, my teams and his team, his team's Baltimore Orioles. I've got the Braves and the Dodgers teams. i, I got to have an East Coast team and West Coast team because I love baseball so much. So I can watch it all night long. Uh, but a little short this week because our teams have done so well that uh, making it into the playoffs, they, they get a pass on that uh, uh, first set of games. But uh, we've got uh, Texas and Tampa Bay that are facing each other, Toronto, Minnesota, Arizona, the Milwaukee, Miami, and Philadelphia. Uh, so fun games to watch, but just not our teams. Uh, I, I'll watch baseball if it's on television regardless, uh, but I cannot wait to watch my Dodgers and, and Braves. And I, I, I have uh, no designs or plans to make it uh, to, to see any of the games, but – uh, hope springs eternal, and maybe I can find some folks that want to go. I mentioned UNC Charlotte, and I want to mention this for everybody listening because uh, I so- heard some interesting statistics uh, just this week. Uh, the first and foremost, uh, UNC Charlotte was recently named uh, to, one, to as among the top 100 public universities in the U.S., uh, for the first time in its history, UNC Charlotte has achieved a coveted position among the nation's top 100 public universities, according to the 2024 U.S. News and World Report Best College Rankings, uh, which were released on September 18th. The new national ranking also places Charlotte as one of the fastest rising institutions in, in the nation, climbing 41 spots overall. Uh, Chancellor had great things to say about it. She said, with our largest ever class of first-time college students this fall, Rising enrollment overall, and now our best national rankings, there is much to celebrate here at Charlotte. For the region, it has uh, been a godsend to many of us. Um, my, my younger sister and I both were the first to go to a four-year institution in our family, uh, as did my brother-in-law wife. 
She's much smarter than me, obviously, because she went on to get her master's degree in health administration. But, uh, but nevertheless, we know what a what a, uh, a a real asset we have for our region, and uh, and it's great to see them uh, get that recognition. I think they deserve. But there's a lot of other things too. When you're when you're thinking about best value, particularly for your kid, if I can give you any advice, um, here here's here's a little something maybe you didn't know uh, from many of our other maybe even more prestigious, as some might believe, uh, universities in North Carolina, the graduation rate at UNC Charlotte is is some of the best in the state. We've got a great public university system, but they they make sure that they get those kids uh, uh, in and get them out. And as I like to say, get them off mom and dad's payroll. And uh, I like to see them get on someone else's payroll. And uh, so we have great hopes for our son, and uh, and I'm sure many of you do for your kids. But it is a, a great value. It's great to have it close by. Uh, but also have that big college experience. Uh, I mentioned, I think, in, in previous show, we were able to, uh, or maybe maybe I haven't mentioned it yet because uh, time just kind of holds on itself. But um, in the state budget, we were able to, with with the help of, of my colleagues in the Senate, uh, particularly State Senator Dave Craven, uh, get a $25 million capital expenditure uh, put into the budget to match a, uh, a, a grant from uh, Charlotte businessman and, and uh, real estate developer Smokey Bissell. He's retired since then, but, but uh, worked with Johnny Harris on a number of projects, including Ballantyne. And, um, uh, you know, so he's, he's, got, he's got a big checkbook, and he had sent them a challenge and said, hey, if you can raise another $25 million, however you get it, I'll match it, and you can upgrade your stadium. You know, see Charlotte, of course, moving from uh, Conference USA uh, to the American Conference, a uh, much bigger conference, uh, much bigger opportunity, and also a lot more interest. If you haven't been to a game yet, tickets are starting to get really tough to come by. And uh, the current stadium seats about 15000 With the upgrades, it'll make that about 30000 when it when all phases have been phased in. But the first phase, this is what this $50 million will essentially cover that we were able to help with uh, will we'll be online soon. And it will, the construction I'm sure will begin almost immediately after the season's over. Um, and they've, they've even added some things just kind of temporary as far as uh, some it's kind of luxury box, but it's outdoors, kind of a neat concept uh, there on the visitor side, but students have been packing it out and they have, <coughs> they have a new uh, tailgating experience too, for the students. Um, Great. It's uh, they had an anonymous donor that uh, provided the, the dollars for this, but uh, kind of a hard top venue area uh, for for concerts, uh, DJs, and so forth. The fraternities, sororities, and 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 all the kids go out and kind of do their pre gaming before they walk into the stadium. So it's right next door. The uh, UNC Charlotte band comes over and they do the walk. Uh, so they, they do a walk and a loop around the stadium. Students kind of join into the walk. Band plays, and it really gives it that big college atmosphere. So, what I thought of as as a, a little bit of a smaller college when I went there, still a great university, has really come into their own. Um, some of the statistics we saw: uh, thirty thousand some kids are now at UNC Charlotte. That's hard to imagine. In nineteen ninety five, when I graduated, yes, I get it. I'm an old man. And my son will listen and make fun of me. But nevertheless, uh, when when I graduated in 1995, my wife graduated a year year after, so you know, she she's uh, uh, got me beat by a little bit. Uh, but uh, we we had I think about 16,000 students. So to get to 30,000, it's just amazing uh, that the, that the campus has grown so much.
Uh, over the past decade, Charlotte has demonstrated significant gains in key metrics uh, used by U.S. News, including six-year graduation rates, first-year retention, graduate debt, the graduation rates for first-generation and Pell-eligible students. Uh, Charlotte's overall ranking is number 178. It's a tie with other universities. It's highest ranking since debuting as a national university in 2008. And among public universities, Charlotte is number 96. So wonderful news for Charlotte. Uh, additional rankings, Charlotte showed strong gains in two U.S. news uh, specialty categories, Best value colleges. Uh, this is what I think is important for our, for our parents listening. Strong, so so very strong here. Charlotte moved up 16 spots to number 164, highlighting its affordability for students receiving financial aid and best college for veterans. We have a huge veteran population at UNC Charlotte. University rises 22 spots to number 123, showcasing its commitment to providing top quality education for veterans. Uh, so I think it's a, that's that's important in so many ways. We get their real world experience, their training in the military, and get them back into the region. And and there was another statistic that I saw we'll talk about maybe in another another broadcast about how many people go to school at UNC Charlotte and then stay in North Carolina. Amazing statistics. I was also shocked to learn that more come out of Wake County and Raleigh area uh, than they do Charlotte. Uh, I guess some kids want to get away a little bit from home, but those uh, those Raleigh folks that grew up around NC State, Chapel Hill, want to come to Charlotte. Great having you listening today. Thanks for listening to All Things Sane on WSIC. We will see you next week with plenty of news. Hopefully we'll be doing it from home, but we'll see. Take care.